you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today. I've got another great conversation for you. And this podcast, of course, is all about helping you own your career as well as your life and really prepare for the future. And in my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, one of the things I talk about is the importance of networking and building your network, digging your well before you're thirsty, as they say, so that you have those people you can call when you do need help in the future and not waiting until the need arises. And I wanted to hear that from a different perspective today. And I've got a great guest for you today. Her name is Elise Gelwicks, and Elise has specialized in teaching interpersonal skills for over a decade. She founded her first company while in college to help students secure internships through networking. And after working at Kimberly-Clark and in management consulting, she founded Eleview Consulting. Eleview works with law firms and companies to give their young professionals the skills, tools, and resources to successfully navigate the delicate dynamics of the working world. Elise has been featured in the New York Times, Chicago Tribune, and ABC News, as well as this podcast for her work, and she teaches several courses for LinkedIn Learning on networking and career acceleration. I'm excited to have her on the show. Uh, She shares a lot of great tips in this interview on how to get better at networking, improve your interpersonal skills, how to lead with curiosity and give value to others, uh, and how to use nonverbal skills to really keep a conversation going and make yourself seem more interesting to the people around you. Uh, So if you're interested in any of those things, then stay tuned. And of course, quick note, this interview was recorded live on LinkedIn, so you might hear me mention that a couple times and ask for comments and questions. Also mention that this podcast is sponsored by my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. If you have not yet gotten a copy, it has everything you need to take your career to the next level, to really own your career, and to prepare for the future of work, as well as anything that might come down the pike later. So if you haven't gotten that uh, that book, it's available on Amazon now. And I have a lot of great free resources on my website, including the five steps to owning your career and the top five most common career mistakes. And you can get all of those by going to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. All right, now without any further ado, here is my interview with Elise Gelwicks all about networking and interpersonal skills. Enjoy. All right, I am live with Elise Gelwicks. Uh, We are talking today all about networking and career acceleration, as well as uh, leveraging some of those power skills that can really help you be successful in your career. Elise, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited that you are here. We got connected by a friend a little while back and had some great conversations and um, been working on getting this thing scheduled. And so I'm glad we're, we're here with the Florida <laughs> to Chicago connection uh, here in September. So at least um, before we get into some of the topics at hand, I'd love to just start with you know, what it is that you do and, and how did you get to this place? Yeah, great question. How did I decide to spend my life talking about communication and interpersonal skills. So, um, you know, I've had a long interest in these topics. It actually goes all the way back to my parents who were the ultimate helicopter parents. 
And they had this house rule starting at around age three for me and my brother, where anytime the house phone rang, we had to answer the phone and we couldn't pass it off to my parents until we asked that person at least three questions about themselves. So it got us really comfortable talking to adults, showing an interest in others. Eventually the rule was one of those questions had to be a follow-up question to show our active listening skills. So as you can imagine, as a child, I absolutely hated my parents for this, but I would never admit this to them. It really did pay off. Um, so my sophomore year of college, I went to Indiana University and got over 10 internship offers all through networking, through reaching out to people, having conversations and my friends weren't having the same success. So I started my first company in college to teach other students how to network their way into internships and jobs. And I ran that company through college. Um, then I you know, had kind of a traditional career path working in consumer products at Kimberly Clark and then in management consulting before founding my current firm, which is Elevue Consulting. And I am very lucky to be able to work with a wide range of companies and law firms around the world to teach networking and communication skills to their teams, uh, because not everyone suffered through the, the childhood I did with these helicopter parents. And uh, these skills aren't always intuitive, especially for those starting their careers. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, much credit to your parents. I don't know if I'd call them helicopter parents because they're really challenging you to uh, be able to support yourself, whereas I see helicopter parents usually as those parents that are trying to do everything for their children, but maybe everybody has their different definition. <laughs> so I'm curious, uh, you know, I grew up with a, a shared phone in the house, obviously before cell phones where we would all answer the phone. What sort of questions did you ask these strangers who were calling to get to know them? God, you know, we would ask about their job. What do you do? Do you like hmm. it? Um, I remember being really young and I wanted to ask everyone what their favorite princess was. I mean, there was just no boundaries with what I would talk about. Right. Um, with telemarketers, my parents always wanted the phone answered so we could have long conversations with the telemarketers. I uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite a childhood. Oh my gosh. I can imagine making your cold call to a house. You're like, all right, here goes another one. Let me see if I can sell them on this thing. And then a child gets on the phone and is like, what's your favorite princess? And you're like, <laughs> okay, this is a little bit different. So I'm sure you made some people's days. Oh, uh, gosh. Unless they were like trying to get as many dials in as possible. And then you're like holding them up <laughs> talking about princesses. So it's interesting how that, um, you know, that you mentioned that translating into these real world interpersonal skills. And it's true, right? Like as we get out into the real world and we think about accelerating our career success, whether it's getting those internships in college or the first job or getting jobs now, obviously you can get by with submitting an online resume and, and having those strong technical skills. But I find most of the best jobs are gotten through networking and building your brand and things like that. Uh, so there's definitely a lot of opportunity here and before we get into some of the like advice and what people can be doing, I am curious, there's, I think there's kind of a general reframe or even a bias, if you want to call it that, that, hey, the younger generations, you know, younger millennials, Gen Z, people who grew up with a cell phone or a smartphone in their hand, uh, don't develop as much these interpersonal skills because they're not forced to have as many of these conversations and therefore come in 
as almost a disadvantage. You don't really know how to talk to people or write emails. Is that true? Are you seeing that? Or is that just something that, you know, people like to say? It is true, actually. And, and I'm a millennial myself. So yeah. I have the same disadvantage that all of my peers uh, do. I think there's a real challenge with growing up being so accustomed to sending off a text message or an email that the thought of picking up the phone is just a, a crazy thought where let's avoid it at all costs. Um, why leave a voicemail when you can send a text message? So the issue is, especially if you're going into a career in professional services or sales, where it really is a human to human relationship that you're striving to build. And that's really the differentiator. Why a company would hire, you know, Deloitte versus KPMG. It's because of the people. They like the people they're working with. They deliver really quality work. Mm-hmm. And when there's a relationship that's built, that is your your primary differentiator. So it's essential that especially these young professionals get really comfortable having those types of conversations, responding to questions on the spot. Whereas with an email, you get some time to think about it on a phone call. You don't. So it creates a lot of anxiety and discomfort for people to used to it. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not used to doing these things, it can be a, a little bit challenging, a little bit tricky. Um, so where do you start if you are, I mean, let's start with the person who doesn't feel like they've really developed many of these interpersonal skills, maybe early in their career, trying to figure out how do I navigate this working world and, and handle phone calls and emails and talk to people. What do you recommend to people in that situation? How do they get started? I think if you were to do one thing, practice one skill, the valuable one would be to take an interest in others. And I'm talking a genuine interest. I often hear, well, I'm just not interested in some of these people. They're utterly about or I don't know what to talk about. But the yeah. reality is everyone is interesting if you become interesting. If mm. you take an interest in them, will find at least one thing that you actually want to learn more about it. A golden retriever, but they're going to want to talk about that. And you might have an in dogs as well. And you can establish rapport by honing in on that. So I think there's real power in showing someone else that you want to learn about them because everyone loves to talk about themselves. So when you exhibit that curiosity and desire to get to know someone, you're going to win them over. You're going to establish trust. And once you have that foundation of a trusted relationship, you'll feel far more comfortable having conversations, handling difficult scenarios because uh, you have more solid footing to fall back on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dale Carnegie famously wrote in his famous book, How to Win Friends and Influence People uh, in the 1930s that everybody's favorite subject is themselves and it still rings true 80 years later, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Doesn't matter matter whether you're introverted, extroverted, shy. Uh, So we've got to start with curiosity and, and getting to know people and find that interesting thing Um, I'm live with Elise Gelwicks. We're talking about career development and developing interpersonal skills. Uh, I know we have some people watching live. If you have a question for me or Elise about any of these subjects, feel free to drop one into the chat uh, or just let us know where you're joining from. 
Um, Elise, besides the, the idea that a lot of younger people coming into the workforce may not have the base of these interpersonal skills, what's the biggest challenge or what do you see is missing in the working world right now, especially as we kind of are finding our way in this new way of working? Yeah, so I, I'm probably biased in answering this question, but I think proactive networking and relationship building is a huge opportunity area for, I'll say professionals in general, especially those who are starting a new job or a new career or a first time career job um, during this hybrid or remote work environment. So a lot of people fail to understand the importance of building relationships before you need them. I like to think of it as uh, depositing money in a bank. If you have an emergency expense, a medical expense that comes up unexpectedly, that is not the time you start saving money and putting away savings, right? That's when you say, thank goodness I have these savings so I can afford it. The same goes for networking. You can't start networking when you need something from others, when you're unhappy with your job, need advice, are looking for a promotion. You have to play the delayed gratification game and invest in relationships and establish yourself well before you ever need these people and try and add value to them so that when you do have a need, they are uh, very happy to help you and support you. I love that. Uh, I used to always say, uh, you know, dig your well before you're thirsty, which I've heard from many people in the past. You know, you don't wait until the last minute to do this. Uh, and then I heard that same bank account metaphor from another friend uh, who was on the podcast a while back, Daniel Botero. I don't know if you've ever come across him, but uh, seems like I got to make that connection. And it's true, right? You want to invest now and not wait until you know, suddenly you're laid off or you need a new job or you're, you've decided that you want to move and, and get a different job, but you're in a hurry. And now all of a sudden you're asking people for things and they're going, I haven't heard from you in five or 10 years. And now all of a sudden you're asking me for something. So what are some things that we can be doing to, de- you know, put deposits into that bank account before that, you know, that need comes along? So there's a few elements to this. The first is meeting someone or people for the first time. And then once you've met someone, networking is not a transaction. It's not a one-time thing that happens. You have to stay in touch over time through regular active communication for mutual benefit. So if I break it down into a few categories, the first is how do you meet people? And I often hear people in our networking workshops say, I don't have a network. I don't know who to reach out to. It feels daunting. The best place to start are your family, friends, and current colleagues. Ask them who they think would have an interesting perspective for you. So let's say you are currently in sales and you have an interest in going into marketing. You might ask someone who you know has a great network. Do you know anyone in marketing who might be open to a conversation? I can even ghostwrite the email introduction, so you just have to copy and paste. Uh, So it takes initiative. These introductions, this network is not going to fall from the sky into your lap. You have to go out and seek it. And I find it best when you have a clear purpose that you've set for yourself. So perhaps it's, I'm looking for guidance on what the heck I should do with my career. I have a micromanager who's driving me crazy. I don't know how to handle it. I want to ask for a promotion. I'd like some advice on how to do it. So 
seek those people out, ask your current network for introductions, or find someone who you have something or someone in common with. That point of commonality dramatically increases the likelihood that someone's going to be receptive to talking with you and helping you. So you can use LinkedIn, your mutual connections, you can go to your alma mater's LinkedIn page and find people who went to the same university as you. Whatever it may be, find that point of commonality. Uh, so that's part one is meeting these people. The second part is building trust with them in an initial conversation. So really being prepared for the conversation, doing your research ahead of time so that you can ask meaningful and thoughtful questions. And part three is maintaining the relationship over time. So research shows you need three touch points per year to maintain a professional relationship with someone. So if we ballpark that at once every four months, you got to find a way to get on someone's radar. Uh, you might think about, okay, I'm going to send an article that I read in the New York Times to someone where their company is mentioned, or I just had an interesting conversation with Andy, and I know someone in HR who would really enjoy talking with him. Let me tee up that introduction. So it's getting creative in how do you stay in touch over time um, in a way that you're adding value to others. So true, right? And and finding those ways to just have those touch points, get in touch, talk to people, find out what they're working on, find ways to add value. I, I love that you mentioned looking for those commonalities. I remember when I graduated or was graduating from business school and I was looking for that first or next job and I started reaching out to alumni thinking, uh, and with that sort of respectful approach of, hey, I'm in business school where you went to school and I'm thinking about doing what you're doing. Would you take some time to talk with me? Uh, not asking for a job or anything else. And I thought, you know, I, I think I reached out to maybe 25 people and I was expecting maybe a 50% head rate, but it was more like 100%. I think maybe one person didn't get back to me and every single other person said yes. And I had all these calls and coffees booked because people were excited to share their knowledge and help someone who had gone to the same school they had, right? And because I wasn't asking them for anything. Uh, and so I think that's a really useful approach for people. Look for those commonalities, like you said, could be a university, could be a past job, a past mm -hmm. company that you work for, right? Hey, we're both alumni yes. from Johnson & Johnson or whatever. I noticed you're doing this thing now. I'd like to do that too. Can we, can we chat sometime? And I'm sure you see a lot of people using that now to much success. Absolutely. And you just nailed it, Andy, with saying you're not asking for a job. You're not mm -hmm. asking them to put their reputation on the line for you. You're simply asking for their advice and you're stroking their ego by saying, I want to learn from you. I want to follow in your footsteps. And people love that. As, as I mentioned, everyone loves to talk about themselves. So uh, there's really, um, I think people are surprised at the willingness of others to help them and to give that advice. Absolutely. All right. We are live with Elise Gelwick's talking, networking, career development, interpersonal skills. If you have a question about any of these things and you're on live right now, feel free uh, to drop a question in or let us know where you're joining from, what you're getting out of this interview. I always love hearing from people. Um, Elise, the working world has changed a lot, obviously, as we all know. Many people were in the office before and you could grab lunch with people, grab coffee with people uh, and get to know them and find mentors. And now, Many people are still working remotely. I know some are back to the office, but I'd say a high percentage of white collar workers, as they may be called, are still working virtually remotely. Um, how has this networking changed? What do you recommend to people who are like, oh, I don't see people in the hallway. I don't know how to go build my network. 
Oh, you know what? I'm seeing um, uh, an alarming amount of complacency happening where, mm. and myself included, where you're so used to just being home, the thought mm. of putting on a really nice outfit, taking the train into the city. Um, it just seems exhausting, especially for introverts like me. Yeah. And I was talking with a firm, it's a global investment bank, and they had um, planned an event. This was a couple months ago for all of the managing directors of the office and the first year analysts come into the office and have a, a lunch and learn together. And all of the managing directors showed up in person and not a single analyst showed up for the wow. event. They all dialed in. Ooh. And of course, it completely infuriated those who planned the event, the managing directors who are saying, you know what, I got myself here today to meet you and you couldn't take the time to come into the city. So mm. I am seeing this happen over and over again. And so I think it's essential to, um, to really grasp the importance of building your reputation being seen, being known, because that's how you find mentors, you find advisors, you hear about the most, most interesting work, you stay top of mind when there's a really cool opportunity. And uh, that it's, it's worth the investment, it's worth the time to build these relationships. It's, um, it's above your full-time job responsibilities, but it's so critical to long-term long success and, and frankly, satisfaction in your career. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, surprising that many of those analysts, you know, did not come in considering it would have been a great networking opportunity. And obviously we have to account for the fact that many people have health and safety concerns these days may not feel comfortable going to something in person, but a lot of people, as you mentioned, might just be getting complacent and thinking, well, I can do this from home, right? I can just dial in and get the information I need. And well, it's not always about the information. It's about the people you meet, right? It's the same thing. Uh, I used to go to a lot of conferences before COVID. And hopefully those are all going to come back, right? And a lot of people book a conference looking at, well, what speakers are going to be on stage and who can I learn from? And I never care about who's speaking on stage. I want to know who's going to be in the audience. What kind of people are going to be there and who am I going to meet? And I might spend half the conference out in the hallway talking to people versus being in, you know, in the seat list. I love learning and listening to speakers as well. Um, but I find most of the time when I go to conferences, events, most of the value I get is from the network and from the people I meet. Yes. You know, Andy, I was just uh, doing a networking workshop for a um, an organization that is um, promoting women in commercial real estate. And we were talking about how to maximize this upcoming conference that they were attending. And I said, don't attend the conference. And I could tell the the full-time, you know, people who brought me in to speak to this cohort of professionals were horrified at what I said. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean don't attend the conference? And what I meant was don't just go to a virtual conference or an in-person mm -hmm. conference and sit there and listen to the speaker your job is to work the room. So if it's virtual, you are working the, the participants. You're, I always have the, the conference virtually pulled up on my screen as well as LinkedIn. And I'm frantically searching LinkedIn for all the participants' names, right. messaging those I wanna get to know and saying, you know, we don't have time here, but I'd love to learn more about your work. What's your email? I'll shoot you a note so we can connect. Um, so this is no disrespect to the speakers. As someone who does public speaking for a living, obviously right. I want a very engaged audience, but yeah. 
when it comes to networking, you really want to focus on how can I try to establish some relationships here and then follow up to have mm -hmm. that one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yeah, I, I love that. I'm with you 100%. Speaking of having the conversation, I know one of the things you work with people on is interpersonal skills, uh, emotional intelligence, EQ. Uh, what sort of things, I know when it comes to EQ, there's always that debate question of like, hey, is it nature versus nurture? Some people just kind of have it. Other people may need some help, but can people really develop that? And what are the things that we need to be really thinking about to get better at these interpersonal skills when we go to have that conversation? Sure. I think it's very teachable. Anyone can learn these skills. 93% uh, of the meaning we convey is nonverbal. So someone only takes meaning from 7% um, is, is based on the words that we say. The rest is body language and tone of voice. So if we think about just some simple tricks to have confident communication, to really connect with another human being, if we think about body language, for instance, it's uh, making eye contact, smiling as someone else is talking, nodding your head to show, I am interested in what you're saying. Please keep talking. That is, I mean, music to anyone's ears, right? And there's research that shows that if you nod your head three times while someone is speaking, they on average will talk for three to four times longer. They're thinking, oh, she loves what I'm saying. I'm going to keep going. Keep going fascinated yeah. or fascinating um so those simple things even a tone of voice speaking up uh answering the phone with a confident hello or hi this is elise someone makes the initial judgment call on if they mm -hmm. can trust you within half a second of hearing your voice yeah. so there are so many things you can do to establish trust with others i think gosh if i think about my pet peeve with communication is People who are glancing around the room while you're in a conversation with them or glancing down at their phone every time a text message comes in or those Apple watches, I want to rip them off people's <laughs> yes. scanning every notification. I'm just thinking, you know what? I'm just going to leave. I clearly am not very interesting for you to talk right. to. So yeah. showing people they have your full attention. Mm, oh, all those things are so important. And you're right. There's so many distractions all around us and we have to think about how are we perceived when we're talking with someone and that, right, that nonverbal uh, communication? And are we looking at them? Are we making eye contact? Are we nodding? Are we listening? Or are we looking at our phone? Uh, you know, very few things as annoying as having a conversation with someone re about a really important topic and they start scrolling through their, your, their phone. And you're like, what are you doing? I'm trying to have a conversation with you right now. Um, it happens to me a lot and I'm sure it happens to everybody. Uh, and I took off my Apple watch a long time ago. I loved it, but just too many distractions. I don't need that. I want to be able to focus in on the conversations I'm having and, uh, you know, be able to really kind of be there with people as, as hard as that is these days. So, um, we've talked about a lot of great things like leading with curiosity and getting to know people, finding ways to add value, using nonverbal communication, um, digging your well, uh, or in filling your bank account before you need it when you're building your network and the importance of having that network and getting to know people uh, and uh, you know using commonalities to get in touch with different people. See, I've been listening to everything you said, Elise, <laughs> nodding, my, nodding my head, listening. Um, as we wrap things up, what is one thing you want to leave people with as they're thinking about, okay, 
I want to accelerate my career success and I know networking is important. We've talked about a lot of these things today. Um, what's one more thing you want to leave people with to really be thinking about to help them accelerate their career? Oh gosh, there's, there's so many things. I, I think the, the best thing, you know, I would, I would leave someone with is you are in the driver's seat. You get to control what your life looks and feels like. And so think about what you want from it and go out and get it. All you have to do is devote the time and energy to doing it and avoid those the temptations of distraction and complacency, especially in a work from home environment. Find people who are going to be your cheerleaders. I like to think of it as your personal board of directors, just like companies have board of directors where each person is there for a very specific reason. All of us need a personal board of directors uh, for our network, someone who you can go to for advice on what career paths to think about, or if you're in marketing, someone who's a marketing guru and can help you with the actual work. But go out and seek those people, have conversations. It is interesting, invigorating when you do it. Um, and once you get started, the momentum will just carry you on. So, so don't wait and, and go for it. Love it. Well, that's a great segue. You've almost kind of covered this into the last last question I was going to ask you, which is that uh, my book is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. The podcast is called The Own Your Career Show. Uh, when you hear that, what does that mean to you, Elise? I think it means freedom. Freedom mm -hmm. to do what you want. And you're not stuck. You're not a victim. And it just takes... Uh, confidence and initiative to build your career and, and own your life. And I think it's such an empowering message that you give in your book and your podcast to remind people that they can do and be whatever they want to be, uh, which is just such an exciting proposition. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And it's an empowering message that you have been putting out into the world. I love everything you had to say today. And it's clear that uh, you know, the speaking you do and the work you do with people is making a big impact. Uh, you are right on. I know you're going to be able to help a lot of people with your work. So Elise, thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us today. We really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody who joined us live. And uh, thank you if you're listening after the fact. Uh, this is the Own Your Career podcast, and we'll see you next time. All right, that's going to do it for my interview with Elise Gelwicks. What did you think? Did you get some value? Did you get some nuggets of wisdom out of that interview? What did you take away? What do you want to go do differently? Are you going to approach networking differently or really think about your nonverbal cues, your interpersonal skills? Well, I hope you got value like I did. And by the way, if you want to learn more about what Elise is doing uh, or get in touch with her, I know she's active on LinkedIn and Instagram. Just look her up, Elise Gelwicks, G-E-L-W-I-C-K-S. And you can also visit her website for Eleview Consulting, which is eleviewconsulting.com. That's E-L-E-V-I-E-W consulting.com. All right. Thank you again for listening. I really appreciate you. Again, if you haven't gotten a copy of my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, go check it out. It's available on Amazon or anywhere that you get your books. And we have free bonus resources on our website, including my morning routine and the three questions to ask when you face a big challenge. And you can get those by going to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you next time.